podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Colin McGuigan for IFL TV. Delighted to be joined by Eddie Hearn. Edward, what a night of boxing, mate. Unbelievable. I mean, that main event was just thrilling to watch. I mean, the performance from Bam, just one of the best I've seen. I always say one of the best I've seen. Like, people take me care of me for that, but... Like up close I felt so lucky to watch it and Sonny like for all the yap and all the you know he showed a massive set of cojones in there I think his eye socket went in like the second round his eye was full, his eyebrow was falling off after six rounds and he had to fight the fight that probably he didn't want to fight and he shouldn't have fought but had to which was sit in a pocket and trade with Bam you know and Bam was just relentless wasn't he just didn't stop and we really need to thank those guys for giving us that fight because both those guys can cruise through the other champions but decided to fight each other straight away, straight off the bat. Man, just a magical night. What's next for Bam Rodriguez now? A household name, building a star there? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, when you do the pound-for-pound pound list, you must have Bam on your list, right? And I think we also forget he's 23 years old. So just, just incredible. And... Um, Look, when he won a world title at 115, this, don't forget this guy is really a light flyweight. That's what he was. Then he said, I want to go back to flyweight, become a two-division champion. Won the title, unified the title. Now he's talking about going back to 115 to fight Gallo Estrada. It's a massive fight. I mean, I can see him going to bantamweight. You know, like, it's just... These guys are going to fluctuate between the divisions. Chocolatito is there, but obviously he's friendly with Mr. Honda and everybody. That's a difficult fight to make, but... You know, just uh, I think Gallo Estrada could be the one, or Julio Cesar Martinez and and Delakian. He could go through those other champions and become undisputed. Peter McGrail suffered a really disappointing defeat for him tonight because he was cruising. What did you make of that? Just like an absolute shocker, like that is boxing, and just shows you you can never switch off. And I said to him after, like, it's not even. It's, it's hard to say he didn't switch off, but it was just a, a fr- almost like a freak shot. You know, he was dominating the fight, he was looking fantastic, and he just got hit by a huge right hand from Jericho Quinn. You know, he wants to bring the rematch to Belfast. He told me if you offered him a million pounds to fight the rematch in Liverpool, he would say, no, it has to be Belfast. Why? Well, I mean, obviously, there's, there's a contracted rematch, so we'll have to discuss that. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, Peter McGraw gave him the opportunity over here for his, his title, and you know, it was a Brit coming to America for the fight and we'll look to do the rematch in the UK, but he deserves his, his props, Jerika. I mean, you know, it was, it was a massive win for him. Massive win. Um, and a devastating defeat for Peter McGrath. Do you need Boston really, really coming of age performance tonight because he comes out with a win? Yeah, like he wasn't happy with his performance, but I said to the guys, look, over here it's different, right? The talent pool is so much deeper. So when you get a guy who's like, I don't know, six and four or three and three, those guys are not far sometimes off British title level. They don't stop trying. They don't stop throwing. They don't, they get up. And this kid from Detroit, right, Gordy Russ, he's from the wrong side of the tracks, mate. He's a tough fucking hombre. Do you know what I mean? And he ain't going to give up. And he was a dog in there tonight. And I, I gave him two rounds, maybe three, I don't think so, but... That's the kind of fight that's going to, you know, Junaid's head was a bit down afterwards, didn't box well. Good, good, humble young man, humble. You know, he's getting a little bit Jack the Lad, and I like that. But also remember, this sport, there's a long way to go for Junaid Boston, and it's okay. 
He can beat people up in Sheffield and learn that way, but that was in the deep end. And that's where you learn, in the trenches. And he was in the trenches in the third round. Hurt. You're loving this, aren't you? You know, but that's what, I love it. And I went in the change room after, I was like, loved that fight. And he's like, that was terrible, I was terrible. And Grant Smith was moaning. And I said, don't worry about it. I loved it. You know, because that's what, I know, we want to see that. The coaches don't want to see that. The fight, But you've got to show a little bit of arsehole sometimes, you know? And that's what he showed tonight. Fair play to both of them. Let's do the rematch over 10 rounds. Galal Yafai and MJ Akhmadilov. Unbelievable result for mm. both. Akhmadilov now will face Inouye as the mandatory, is that right? Yeah, he's... he's, well, he's yeah. That's what I want to see from MJ. You know, I told him after the fight, you've got to go in and fuck people up. You know? I'm on one, aren't I? Yeah. No, but I'm, just, I'm buzzing after that main event. But... You know, all, sometimes a fighter like Akhmad Aliyev, when they try and get too technical, you know, sitting in here, it's like, wait, you punch like a mule, you're an absolute beast at 122 pounds. If he would have, if he would have boxed like that against Tapales, he would have beat him easy. Like he, once he upped the tempo, once he started letting his hands go, he was smashing Gonzalez to pieces. He was like 24 and 0. So yeah, good to see him back. Galalia fire, just so excited. The punch output is unbelievable just sometimes needs to slow it down a little bit and try and sink him in a little bit more and I'm so pleased that he was on this card so pleased that he was ringside for that fight because you can see the levels you need to get to we're a week out from AJ Wilder or sorry <laughs> AJ against Wallen your arsehole must be going like this right now yeah, is it always. I mean and it's only Saturday you know I, I love it because you know every time AJ fights we're all in we're all just so emotionally invested we're financially invested and we just, we love it. We want him to win. And it's a really high-risk fight next Saturday. But I really fancy the fight. You know, I think Ben Davidson's done a good job. AJ's confident. Everything I'm hearing out of camp is great. Got to go in and be aggressive. And as I said before, fucking smash him up. That's what we got to do. There was an interview with Frank Warren this week where he said he will be the one promoting Wilder AJ. Are you getting your own deal with Saudi or is it always going to be a Queensbury show out there and will AJ Wilder be on? We will be promoting that fight. Um, I'm sure Queens will be involved as well. I think they have an association with Wilder as well. I'm not really bothered, to be honest with you, but we're the A-side, so yes, we will be promoting that fight, I'm sure. Will you be getting your own deal then with His Excellency over there? Who knows what the future holds? I don't really... At the moment, it's not really a priority. What is a priority is we've got three of our fighters on the show next week. We've got the main event in the fight, the A-side of the main event. We're very lucky and happy to be involved. And we have also trying to work towards promoting... Joshua against Wilder. So whatever name goes on, the part, I don't really care. I just want AJ to fight Wilder, want him to win next week, want to keep providing opportunities for my fighters, want to keep expanding our business globally. It's been an incredible journey promoting with um, His Excellency and I can't wait to get out there. There was also talk from Josh Kelly last night after his performance that he wants Conor Ben next. What do you make of that? I quite like the fight, to be honest with you. I think I it's mean, a great fight. Yeah, I mean, Conor's going to fight on February the 3rd, um, which we'll announce this week. Um, Barry Ellis in Vegas? Uh, someone. Someone. In Vegas? Possibly. Possibly. We'll see. Um, but it's different. It's just under seven weeks now. So, you know, I just want that date. I want him to fight on that date. And we'll, we'll continue talks with Eubanks. Unbelievably frustrating. He's got his own issues to, to resolve. But Josh Kelly, yeah, why not? I mean, I, obviously, Connor's ambition is to have a mega fight. I don't see that quite as a mega fight. But it's a really good fight, you know, and um, maybe, maybe, I don't, don't rule it out. It's not, it's not one we're targeting, but maybe. Do you see John Fury's comments on an interview saying that, what did you make up? 
I don't know. He said... He said it's not Tyson that's on the decline, it's the team. What did you make of that? Um... Yeah, that, it's obviously people aren't happy with the camp and the team, and I don't know. I mean, it's their problem, not mine. You don't really, you never really know what goes on in the camp. He might be doing his own thing. Maybe for that Engano fight, he just told everyone what he was doing. You know, sometimes you get a high-profile fighter that, that disconnects with his training team and, in particular, his head trainer, and they become such a big star that they end up doing their own thing. So it's like this, right? What do you want to do tomorrow, Tyson? I've seen it before. Disaster. Never, what do you want to do tomorrow, Tyson? It's, Tyson, I'll see you here at 7 o'clock in the morning. We're going to do our run, and then we're going to spar at 1 o'clock. Don't be late. You know what I mean? And sometimes, and I would probably think something like that happened in the Ngarni fight, and they need to get it together quickly, because if that camp ain't right, and he ain't, training correctly for the Usyk fight he has absolutely no chance and the fight is only nine weeks away something like that Carl Frotch's comments go, go on which ones I mean about what which ones he's made so many comments this week yeah. obviously you hit back in a few interviews I didn't get to speak in there but what, what do you make of what he's saying at the moment about which ones the AJ ones yeah I don't know like I don't really like it to be honest with you like I think you know, AJ, Carl, Rob, EIS, like they, you know, that's a kind of brotherhood, really, and we should really be supporting our great fighters. But you know, Carl is outspoken, he's opinionated, and he's always, you know, um, entitled to his opinion. But I don't, I don't agree with it a lot of the time. Edward, finally, we can talk about this, that it's officially done. You're right. Yeah, man. Just couldn't see it in the second round, but just want to say. I stitched you already. Oh, yeah. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Well Thanks for the event. I was buzzing part of it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Very proud of you. No, no, and, thank uh, you. People in Britain are as well because without you, we wouldn't have got that fight tonight. And you ended up having to fight the fight that probably isn't the best fight for you, but it was the fight that showed you got plenty of arse off. And you can sit in the pocket, you can trade. Yes. And like I said, everyone, very proud of you. Thank From you for boxing, for giving us that fight. No, no, it's grateful to be a part of an event. You know, when, when I came and, and, and spoke to you, Eddie, and you went, what weight are you going to do? And I went, like flyweight. And you went, what are you going to do? Fight £1,500 for a world title? You won't remember that. I do. Um, but to be a part of such an event, um, yeah, okay, I came up second best today, but I never really dreamed that as a flyweight I'd ever get something like that, especially not in America. So grateful to be a part of it. I know I'll be back. I know there's a lot yeah. of options there. Um, get those belts back. Yeah, man. But thank well you, done, mate. Respect. Well done. Well done, boys. Well done, mate. Good job. Finally, we can um, speak about this as it's actually done. Berlanga McCrory. Yeah. Can I just say as well, right, make sure you support him, Sonny Edwards, because I know that social media and bravado and, you know, fake smile and all this is nice. And also, when you talk a lot of shit, you have to be prepared to come with the shit that comes back. But in the eye of a fighter and knowing fighters, he'd have a tough few weeks ahead. So I think we should give him the respect he deserves for giving us a great fight and showing plenty of bottle in there, something that a lot of people couldn't do, me included. So You're, you're quite emotional about that. No, why because, because why I, do you feel so strong? Because I feel like, like fighters, we all, you know, we all 
support, we all criticise, we all shout and scream and have a beer and watch and go on. But we go to bed. Do you know what I mean? And we've all got, everyone's got their own struggles. But as a fighter, like when you put your entire life into something and you, got, you get beat, you have to go to bed wondering what's next or your dream that you, you know, that belt that you had, world champion. I'm no longer world champion. What, what, you know, then you open up your social media and it's your shit, you're this. And again, he's different because he really does give it the big one. Do you know what I mean? But people like Peter McGrail, like, it's a really harrowing experience and a dark experience for people. And especially over Christmas, do you know what I mean? I just, I think we just need to be a little bit conscious as a sport to help people because sometimes it's like, and, and you know, sometimes people, like he couldn't have acted better in the aftermath. Do you know what I mean? Stayed in the ring, you know, with your face freaking cut open, done his interview, congratulated the whole team and family, gracious in defeat. He, he couldn't have done any more. So, you know, I, I just think that it's difficult to, to recover. And he will go, feel great. You know, I saw it, seen him already tweet, bam, whip my ass, blah, blah, blah. And he's, you know, he's, a, he's a chirpy kid. But boxing is also his entire life. And it will be a dark few two days and weeks. So just be conscious, that's all I'm saying. You feel so strong yeah, about this. Is there like some sort of match room aftercare for movie fighters, for example? It's more than, like, there's, there's, two, there's two kinds of aftercare. One is when you leave the sport, right? And you don't know anything else, right? I mean, that, but that happens in everyone's job. Honestly, That like, might happen to you when you leave boxing. If I, look, my dad is 75. He's supposed to be retired. He can't retire. Because if he retired, like, I honestly believe illnesses like dementia and stuff like that honestly would come quicker right if you're sitting at home and your your brain's not working and the buzz or the fire is out of your heart and as much as he loves going fishing or walking the dog he his life would feel empty without the business without the hustle without do you know what I mean and it doesn't like that's the same for me one day I'm going to pack it all up I don't really have a lot else in my life other than my job and my work you know and so, so, like, outside of that and outside of your kids and stuff like that, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Like, I always say, yeah, at 50, yeah, I'm going to leave it. And then do what? This is my bread and butter. This is what I do every day. This is what fills my heart with passion. And that's the same with a fighter. But more difficult for a fighter. Because you imagine Sonny Edwards walking out there tonight. Like, you know, he just said there, oh, my God, like, I'm true. You know, but he knows he'll come again. He knows he might have another one of those nights. But when it's all over, imagine going to the gym twice a day for 20 years and being in that gym environment and being around people. People also don't understand that environment. Now we talk about, as a community, grassroots club, it's a family, it's a community, all this kind of stuff. It's the same in the pro game. That gym is like a brotherhood. You know, it's like a family in there. So when you can't go down to the gym anymore and train and have something in your life, that's when it becomes really dark and difficult to deal with. So there's that aftercare, and then there's the aftercare for a fighter, you know? So, yeah, I think where we can, I mean, it's difficult, and, you know, everybody's got different relationships with different people. Some people you get on with, some people not so. Some people push you away, some people want help, but 
I just feel like, you know, in an instance that, like that, you know, everyone always tries their best. So. You're not a bad bloke deep down, you know. You get a lot of hate, but you're not. Heart. I've got a good heart. But I'm, very, I'm quite, you know, I'm quite selfish because I'm driven. And sometimes I forget certain things because I'm just so focused on winning and trying to succeed in what I do. It's not everybody's cup of tea. But I've got a good heart deep down. I love to see people do well. I really do. And I love to make sure people are okay. Just like Padraig McCrory. Yeah, before you get ushered away. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say I, I really push for that. Yeah. You did. <laughs> it's all down to you, Cole. Um, Padraig McCrory got the call up. Feb 24. You've made a big mistake. Is he going to win? You've made a big mistake, my you know friend. What? It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. I know I, I couldn't be too confident, but you've made a massive I mistake. I don't mind. This is where you're wrong. You know how people go to me, oh, you've made a mistake. Mate, great. All I want is a great fight. I actually like Berlanga, but Podrick McCrory's all wrong. from. him out. What, when you say McCrory, he's all wrong, what, just because he's very heavy-handed? He's so heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, uh, Good. Like, listen, Edgar Berlanga's my guy. If he can't beat Podrick McCrory, he ain't beating... Mungia. He ain't beating Canelo Alvarez. He ain't beating Benavides. You've got to go through these guys. And Padre McCrory is ranked, I think, three with the governing body. He's think top ten with every other governing body. It's a really, really good fight. It's what we want, isn't it? And if Padre McCrory was to beat Berlanga, does that mean then he becomes... I think, yeah, I think he looked for, him for a fight with Mungia. I mean, does he throw himself in the mix for Canelo? I don't know. Big, big nights in Belfast, Daddy. Wait, listen. If Padre McCrory wins that fight... He has swum the channel and won the lottery, Euro Millions, on the same night. And I'll get a cut of it. Eddie, last one. You've announced those three shows. Good end of the US trip with back-to-back shows. Just a, a message to everyone that, that's been to the shows and looking forward to 2024. Yeah, thank you. I mean, look, we work really hard. Like, we've got a great team and we all knock our nuts out and, you know, and I do the same and do it because I love it. I love giving you great nights and I don't, um, I don't like it when it's not a good night. What gives me the best feeling is when you have a great night and when you enjoy it, like tonight. I'm absolutely buzzing. If that was a shit fight and it was a shit show, I'd come out here and I'd go, oh yeah, regulate, yeah. But actually, I'd, be, I'd go back to the room and this is my sort of downtime, if you like, or my, you know, I'd say depressing time, but sad time is when it doesn't go very well. And I go back to the room I'll sit there, miserable. Tonight I go back to the room and I'm pretty sure there's a giant family size of peanut M&Ms and I'm going to crack those bad boys open, try and have a good kit, but I won't be able to because I'm buzzing. And then tomorrow, somehow we've got to get to Saudi. It's about 16 hours and then about 11 hours ahead. So I think we get there on Wednesday or something like that. But what a fucking life. Right, rap is out, you have to. There has to be a rap no, song. Rap. No, there's going to be a rap oh, song. Come on, come on, come on. Regulators bang. things, right? And I'm like, what are you doing? Like... There has to be a rap song. You know what? You're getting plaudits for the regulators. But I actually know most of the lyrics, actually. But I feel like when I can't hear it, like, it's difficult to actually... So what I can do for you, because I'm in a really good mood. Different tune, though. You know, like Warren, Warren G's about to share that. Did you see the comments underneath it? If Warren G shares that. I don't really know, like, what other songs can I rap? Something Biggie Smalls, Tupac. Mm. It was all a dream. 
What about? What about? Go on, Albert. Wrap us yeah. up. Um, no, I'm not wrapping you out. We were going to do uh, Cypress Hill Insane in the Brain, but you said there's a copyright issue. No. Why are you trying to get crazy with me? Don't you know I'm local? Eh. Sports Social Podcast Network.